0: Welcome to the French Fears, a podcast on immigration and national identity, hosted by me, my Fernandez-Powell. So about a year ago, I was thinking of a project that I wanted to spend a year working on, and it had to be some sort of topic that I was interested in, and I wanted it to be focused on France, a country where I can speak the language and I've been fascinated with ever since I was very little. And so when I was thinking of important topics in the world, it became pretty clear to me that immigration was the one I wanted to focus on. And so when you think of immigration, you may just think that it's about people entering a country and going somewhere new, being a foreign person in a new country. But immigration is such a complex topic that is really a window into so many things about a country. How a country views immigrants says a lot about their political culture. And, of course, I'm sure you're aware that immigration has become far more than just a political topic. It's become one of the most divisive political topics. Just here in the United States, party lines are very much drawn when it comes to how people view immigration. And what you will find in this podcast is that France is in a very similar situation when it comes to immigration being divisive in politics. And so... In order to really understand immigration in France, we have to unpack a lot. We have to look at how France views immigrants when they come into the country, whether they should assimilate, um, leave their culture behind, or whether they can integrate and bring their own culture. We're going to be discussing a lot about ethnic and racial divides as those play a huge role in the current discussions over immigration and whether people should be let in or whether they should be kept out. I'm sure you can also imagine that in France, as it has in the U.S. and in a lot of Europe, the discussion over Islam and its role and place in European society, um, especially in the wake of recent terrorist attacks, have become a huge point of discussion in immigration. And ultimately, immigration brings change. The world is always changing, and immigration is one of the main reasons why countries and cultures are constantly changing. We're going to be looking at the tension between this, those who embrace change, and then much of Europe and France right now, those who are fearful of change. And while essentially all countries' populations are built on immigration, there is now a global phenomenon occurring, particularly with anti-immigrant sentiment political parties all across Europe have experienced this rise in popularity when it comes to being extremely xenophobic, being anti-Muslim, and of course, being anti-immigration. And a lot of this comes down to questions of identity. Why a nation should preserve its identity and how immigration is a threat to preserving true French culture or true European culture. And so in this series, We are going to be talking to people from all sides and knowledge points when it comes to the immigration debate in France. We're going to be talking from representatives from the National Front, the political party who's very much seen as the anti-immigrant far-right group in France that has experienced tremendous leaps in popularity. We're also going to be talking to actual immigrants in France who have immigrated from Algeria, talking about their experiences, as well as those who are French citizens born in France with Algerian heritage. And finally, we're also going to be talking a lot to tremendously knowledgeable professors who have dedicated their lives to understanding immigration in France and Europe. And so the first person we are going to be talking to is Dr. Dominic Thomas. He is the chair of the Department of French and Francophone Studies at UCLA, and he is a frequent political commentator on immigration on channels such as CNN. He is probably one of the most knowledgeable people on French immigration, and he was really the first person who spoke to me about how France is really just one example of a country where anti-immigrant politics have experienced a recent surge.
1: Politicians, not just in France, but in places like Germany and Austria and Poland and sort of in many places around Europe, have used the question of immigration and especially of national identity um, as a way of kind of dividing up the country between those people who are real Europeans and those people who are not real Europeans.
0: While France is part of this greater trend in Western countries, where political groups further to the right are gaining traction, particularly with anti immigrant rhetoric at the center of their platforms, France has several characteristics that are essential to understanding the country's current relationship with immigration. As a country of around 65 million people, Approximately 6 million people living in France are foreign-born immigrants. This is according to the Institut National d'Études Démographiques, which is France's main demographic statistics center. However, when you look at how many people in France have a parent or grandparent who is an immigrant, the number increases drastically to around 28 to 30 percent of the population. France also has the greatest Muslim population in Europe, According to the Pew Research Center, there are around 5.7 million Muslims living in France. But beyond the statistics, there are several aspects of French culture that you need to understand before going deeper into the complexities of immigration in France. Even though France is a predominantly Christian and historically Catholic country, France takes great pride in being a secular country. Since 1905, France has been committed to a secular ideology, which in French is known as laïcité. Essentially, what this means is that France believes in a separation of church and state. This may seem relatively straightforward, but we will go deeper into what this means, and more importantly, how laïcité, or secular ideology, manifests in French society. Specifically, how France's secular value has conflicted with public displays of Islam such as Muslim women wearing the veil. Finally, a central theme that will come up consistently in the series is France's obsession with national identity. To give you some context, in 2008, there was a debate in France on national identity. At the time, this was spurred by the country's president, Nicolas Sarkozy. Sarkozy posed the question to the French people, what does it mean to be French? He encouraged them to consider what it means to be French and what national identity is in France. With this question, Sarkozy created a Ministry of Immigration and National Identity. In 2010, however, he later admitted that he was wrong to create such a ministry after he was accused of making this a debate that excluded members of French society instead of including all French people in the definition of what it means to be French. Those who felt particularly excluded tended to be people of color and people who identified as French Muslims. The Ministry of Immigration and National Identity was very short-lived and no longer exists. But nonetheless, the debate around national identity ceases to end in France. According to a national French survey conducted by More in Common, a nonprofit organization that focuses on global refugee crises, Around 60% of French people fear national identity is being lost. In addition to this, 40% believe that Islam has no place in French society. And terrorism and immigration were both ranked in the top three problems for France. For anyone who has been watching the news for the last few years, and particularly following terrorist attacks that have been happening worldwide, you will understand that you can't really blame France for being concerned about immigration and terrorism. France is a country that has faced numerous, terrible terrorist attacks over recent years. With 2015 being a particularly horrific year, including the Charlie Hebdo attacks in January, a beheading in Lyon, and of course, the Paris attacks where gunmen and suicide bombers hit a concert hall, a major stadium, restaurants and bars almost simultaneously leaving around 130 people dead and hundreds wounded. And these attacks did not end in 2015. 2016 brought another terrible year for France, with Nice in particular making headlines following a bus attack where 84 people were killed on Bastille Day, France's equivalent of July 4th. So in many ways, it is completely understandable that France is having conversations about immigration and terrorism, Most people in France agree that these are pressing issues that the country needs to address. But when it comes to deciding how to address these issues is where conflicting ideas and political divide emerges. The political group who represents a far more conservative and drastic proposal on how to address the issues of immigration and terrorism that France is facing is the National Front. For those of you who are not familiar with the National Front, It was a political party that was established in the 1970s in France. The main leader that most people refer to was Jean Marie Le Pen. When Jean Marie Le Pen was in charge of the National Front, the National Front was seen as a fringe group. It was also described as a neo fascist group and a far right extremist group. This was particularly due to the fact that Jean Marie Le Pen used to make extremely anti Semitic remarks when doing speeches. It was also a group that was seen as incredibly racist. For the most part of the late 20th century, the National Front never really gained much political power or legitimacy. Fast forward, though, to 2017. The National Front candidate for the presidency, Marine Le Pen, was the runner-up, gaining around 30% of France's votes. Marine Le Pen is now the current leader of the National Front. She is jean Marine Le Pen's daughter. Marine has rebranded the National Front as a legitimate political group with serious power in France. She essentially kicked her father out of the organization, especially when she realized that his reputation was going to only hold the party back from ever gaining much traction or legitimacy in France. We will be spending a lot of time talking to representatives from the National Front to learn more about their stance on immigration and terrorism and other political issues that are current right now in France. But as for now, here are a few interesting facts about the National Front. You may be wondering, who votes for Le Pen? Her voting base tends to be predominantly white, working class, and interestingly, she has a lot of young supporters. An important context for understanding why Marine Le Pen is so popular with France's youth population, particularly under the age of 25, is that around 25% of France's youth population is unemployed. A lot of Marine's messages are about bringing jobs back to France and putting French people first. She's very anti-globalization and anti-European Union. And so her message certainly coincides with the fact that many people in France, particularly young people, feel like they had been forgotten and left out. Finally, Marine also has a very strong female support, which would make sense given that she is France's main female political leader. Understanding Marine Le Pen, her messages, and the people who follow her is critical to understanding immigration in France. But before I got deeper into understanding the national front and anti-immigrant sentiment in France, I needed to understand How does immigration in France actually work? I spoke with Dr. Martin Shame, Emeritus Professor of Politics at New York University and a published author who specializes in comparative politics, European politics, center periphery relations, trade unions and politics, and of course, immigration. He told me that there are several critical differences to remember and that we can't compare the United States and France in every aspect of immigration especially how legislation is created.
2: There is no Comprehensive Immigration Act in France or in Spain or in Germany or in Britain <laughs> or in Italy. Uh, there, is, there is no Comprehensive Immigration Act that, that defines what comprehensively, what, what visas are and what the limitations are on each visa. There's, there's nothing that really is comparable to that.
0: So what Dr. Mertenstein is saying is that unlike the United States, where we have huge immigration acts, for example, the 1965 Immigration Act, France does not have anything like this. They do not have huge pieces of legislation where basic laws and quotas and details of how immigration works are laid out. But obviously, France lets in immigrants. So my question became, who exactly is entering France, and how are they able to do it?
2: Europe in general admits about as many immigrants uh, as the United States does. So it's not like they're not admitting immigrants. They are. Um, Roughly, depending on the country, and it varies by country, uh, roughly half the immigrants who come in every year, legal immigrants who come in every year, documented immigrants, come in under a a general category that's called family unification. Um, But that family unification category from country to country in Europe, is not generally legislated, but it's been, it has been it exists because the courts have ordered it to exist. That is, it's legally based. It's court-based, not, not legislatively based.
0: These courts that Dr. Martin-Shane is talking about base their decisions on rights. So in other words, immigration law and decisions in France are based on rights, as opposed to wide-sweeping pieces of legislation. But at this point, I was still confused at what an immigration court decision would look like. Which court even makes these decisions? Dr. Shane explained that the Conseil d'Etat would make these decisions.
2: It's an administrative court uh, that deals with cases. It really deals with case law. The the Conseil constitutionnel, practically speaking, doesn't deal with case law like the American Supreme Court. Does, but it deals with legislation that comes before it. It deals a little bit with some cases, but the Conseil d'État deals with cases. So, if you go to, um, if if your grandmother has refused admission, for example, to France, and you're you 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 ha- you're an immigrant, but you're a legal immigrant and you've established residency in France, and you want to bring your grandmother in, and your grandmother has refused admission, or your children are refused admission, or your wife or husband or partner refused admission, you can then sue before the Conseil d'État. And the Conseil d'État will say, as it has in fact say, says this is a violation of administrative law.
0: Dr. Shane's example of a Conseil d'État case touched on the issue of family unification. Earlier, he said that around half of the immigrants who enter France are coming on the basis of family unification. But then what was the other 50% doing? How were the other 50% able to enter France? And who exactly are they?
2: Now, as it turns out, in France, it varies from year to year, but proportionately fewer people are admitted under family unification than in the United States. So how did the rest come in? The rest come in basically in, – in, in, there are really two categories. There are, there are many, but there are basically two categories. One of them is they're admitted for work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: In other words, they, they are granted work visas. They apply for work visas. And there is legislation on how people can apply for work visas, which is not part of a comprehensive immigration act. And basically, people can apply for work visas if if particular companies say "We need workers, and these are the people we need these are the kinds of people we need and About a third of the immigrants who come into France roughly a third from year to year, are people who come in in a different category entirely, and that is they come in under the free movement the free movement category of the European Union. The French actually take in. Uh, relatively few, well, they're not usually called refugees. They're usually called asylum seekers. they take taken relatively few asylum seekers, uh, and people who come in as asylum seekers, the basis for them coming in also was not legislation, but is the is, is the refugee agreement, the United, the United Nations-based refugee agreement of 1951 that was modified in 1967. Uh, in which there are categories for applying for asylum. So you can, and these categories have changed somewhat. I forget the exact figures for France, but they probably take mm-hmm. in uh, twenty to 30,000 people each year as asylum seekers.
3: The
0: fact that around a third of the immigrants who enter into France are allowed to come in based on the European Union free movement law made me realize just how different border control in France is to the United States. Because France is surrounded by countries that are in fact included in Europe, that means that people coming in from those countries should be allowed to enter. This completely changes the whole idea of border control. I was also really fascinated by the fact that Martin Shane said that France takes in relatively few asylum seekers compared to other countries. What I found, though, was that after talking to a representative of the National Front from North America, was that not everybody feels like France lets in relatively few refugees and immigrants. And not everyone is a huge fan of the European Union free movement
3: law. One thing that the FN well, wants to, uh, put back, um, is, uh, to put back is to put back borders uh, around France. So as you know, now with the European Union, all the borders between countries have been, as vanished, and there's just like this one big border around Europe. Uh, but um, the FN wants France to, you know, to protect its borders, and everybody comes in and out, then you know, we can double check to make sure that you know everything's okay. If, this, where this person come from um, we have waves of migrants that hundreds and hundreds of migrants who are dispatching every towns and every and big cities um, they're coming from different countries they're coming from countries that are you know at risk uh, we there's no checkup there's no you know like there's no screening it's very very dangerous uh, and uh, I'm Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure that in the next few months or so, we will see more of those either terrorist attack or just like very violent um, attack, like, uh, you know, like uh, rapes and, and, and uh, stabbing in subways, like stuff like that.
0: Border control is clearly a serious issue for debate in France when it comes to immigration. The National Front feels very strongly that there needs to be more border control in France and that the European Union free movement rule should essentially disappear altogether. I spoke to Dr. Dominic Thomas a little bit more about the word immigration in France, and he explained how the issue of immigration and the word itself goes far beyond border control.
1: What's really interesting in the French context, too, is that the word immigration, or the French word immigration, is used to talk about both aspects of immigration, first of all, immigration as in terms of people moving into France from other areas of the world. So that's the kind of Donald Trump like immigration debate, right? We've got to build a wall to keep people out, or you've got to like lock down Europe to make sure that migrants can't come in and so on. So it's about the flows of population into France. But the word immigration in France is also used to talk about what we would call the post-migration process, right? In other words, once people have arrived in France and they're looking at integration and settling and so on, what they call in England, say, race relations or ethnic relations or minority relations. In France, they just use the the word immigration. So the word immigration gets used to talk about everything, Um, people coming into the country, the Muslims that are there, Um, the North Africans, the sub-Saharan Africans, and all these kinds of things. And it also means, therefore, that it's a little bit confusing, you know, that people don't always understand that France is a country that has built itself on immigration, um, that in the 1920s, along with the United States, it was the biggest country of immigration. And it's estimated today, and the Immigration Museum in Paris talks about this, but somewhere around 28% of people living in France today have at least one grandparent who was not born in France, right? So the whole question of what it means to be a pure French person or a person of pure French stock, like Marine Le Pen, likes to talk about les Français de souche, is really complicated as well.
0: The fact that France cares so deeply about the post-migration process and how immigrants adapt and integrate into French society when they arrive comes back to their obsession with preserving their national identity. I asked Dr. Martin Shane if he felt that France's integration policy was harsher than other European countries. France in
2: in in a European context is is not is not harsher if, if anything, it's somewhere in the middle. Uh, and I think that you have to think of integration in two ways. That is one way is you have to think of integration as you have As once immigrants are already in the country, you know, what they must do to integrate, which primarily means what they must do to gain citizenship. Uh, The second way to think about it, and I would urge you to think about this a little bit, is how integration has become a tool for admitting, you know, the prospects of integration. has become a tool for admitting or not admitting people into the country. And this has been the biggest change in Europe over the last, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. That integration is not just a question of what you do with people once they come in, but integration, prospects for integration, have become one of the important considerations for permitting people to enter.
0: I was surprised to hear that from Dr. Shane's perspective, France's assimilation policy is really not that much harsher than other European countries. I think this can serve as a reminder that obviously a lot of these things that are happening in France can be found in other European countries, and quite frankly, in the United States as well. France is obviously not the only country who cares about immigrants making an effort to assimilate into their culture and society. What I did find very interesting, though, was that Dr. Shane mentioned that integration has now become a tool for exclusion. I tried to think a little bit deeper, though, about what exactly that meant. The conclusion I came to is that essentially, people in France are deciding whether immigrants can enter based on whether they think they will be able to assimilate and adapt to French identity and French culture. But who gets to decide what French identity is? What exactly is French culture? These were really the questions that I needed to answer in order to understand all sides of the arguments around immigration, and specifically, the debate on national identity. To answer these questions, I had to dig deeper into one of the themes that I found to be the most complex when discussing national identity, and that is race and ethnicity in France. While these topics are incredibly sensitive in France, And honestly, in most countries to talk about, I realized that I really had to understand the history of race in France and the current situations of race and ethnicity in order to understand the different perspectives on the national identity debate. So on our next episode, we will be going deeper into this theme of race and ethnicity as we get closer to understanding national identity and, of course, immigration in France. there is such a wide spectrum of perspectives on how to deal with immigration in France and why immigration has become such a divisive political topic. Thank you for listening to French Fears.